What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody. This is Ryan Staley, and I am here with Sam McKenna for the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Show. Welcome, Sam. Awesome to have you on. Thank you for joining today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's super, super excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was funny. We, so Sam and I were chatting a little bit before, and I'm just like, I feel like I should know you. I know a lot of other people. I see your posts, and so it's it's awesome and an honor to have you on. I'm looking forward to uh, you know to to sharing some of your knowledge with the world here. So, so Sam, so so let's get into it. I, I always talk about this. Um, oh, and I didn't even really introduce you that well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I so excited to get moving. What so, would you say um, you do here? <laughs> yeah, Sam is the founder of Sam Sales Consulting, right? Is that the yeah. the proper? Um, and then on top of it too, she's an advisor for multiple companies. Says sales kickoffs, just consulting, she does sales training, pretty much everything that you can imagine that you would ever need in the sales space. Uh, <laughs> I believe Sam does a lot of the high value activities there. So, Sam, before we get into it, can you just kind of give everybody like your superhero origin story, if you will, in terms of how you kind of got to this point and um, let everybody know? Yeah, I think the I fell into sales just like pretty much everybody else, probably just like you, Ryan, you know, and thinking I'm never going to be in sales. And then here we are, you know, 700 years later. Um, I think I got my competitive edge when I was in sixth grade. I talk about this on LinkedIn, but I raised money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. I went door to door, gave a pitch, tried to raise money. Um, I got second place out of, I think, my county. And I think ever since then, I've been fueled to make sure I never get second place again. I was so addicted to, you know, how your tactics and your, uh, you know, rapport that you could build with customers and people that were knocking door to door on could really impact your fundraising where you're hitting your quota. And I was addicted probably ever since. So it's been a long journey. <laughs> so that was the start. So it's funny. I had something similar. I wasn't, it was fundraising too, but it was yeah. selling, it was selling candy bars for yes. the, uh, those the dollar fundraising. ones. Yeah. The dollar candy bars used to be world's finest chocolate. Yes. <laughs> sell the same ones. Okay. Yes, and some of them have almonds. The other ones don't. They're like milk chocolate. I can't with the wrap. I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this is the thing that's funny now. Like I've seen people selling them now, and they're like one eighth the size they used to be. Like, <laughs> and now four dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's such a scam. But but anyway, so so that's how you started off. So that was really cool. So that kind of got the competitive spark going, right? You got yeah second place, which is the first place loser, um, <laughs> which you know I'm very competitive as well, and so then. That kind of started you down the journey. And then I guess like, did you have any sales jobs in college at all or um, before you kind of got in the corporate world? Yes, yeah, so, sort of. So I, I what, it wasn't a sales job, but it was being a waitress, which if you, any of you guys have ever been in a waitstaff role, it is tough stuff, but oh. it's right. But it's also learning like how to entertain your clients, how to be friendly, how to get things, you know, above and beyond what they were expecting, how to throw in a piece of chocolate cake at the end that maybe you don't charge for all the things, right. That build charisma and give them a good experience. And then hopefully you get a bigger tip at the end. But I think like, 
you know, when I first, my very first sales job I got offered, I turned down. Um, they were like, please, please, you know, like we think you'd be a great fit. I ended up negotiating for $5,000 more base salary. And I thought I was like the master negotiator at that point. And it was probably after two years of being an account manager in that sales role that my CEO was like, I'm going to throw you in an enterprise net new business sales, which is terrifying. Um, but I, you know, used all my skill sets that I have. It took off really quickly. And I guess about 14 years later, here we are. So what were you selling at that point? Exactly. I would, yeah, so I spent a decade in the webinar uh, technology space. So the Zoom space, the On24 space, the WebEx space, all that stuff. I uh, supported a technology called On24 for, gosh, almost a decade now that I really think wow. about it. Yeah, so it's just virtual communications, right? Uh, marketing platforms, we sold to marketers. We had to you know, build a great value proposition because we were the most expensive platform out there. Probably still is, but the best. So for any of you considering On24, go for it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you must have been great at sales because I was literally talking to someone earlier. I was talking to a founder earlier today about how much web conferencing sucked <laughs> like seven years ago, eight years ago. So like you would you had meetings with people and it would glitch so bad that you literally would be like, wait, what did they say? It was almost like Max Hedron, you know, like <laughs> way back. Did you run into those challenges or did that really like help? help totally. You big time. It was the worst thing because you sold, like you sold the dream, right? And then you sold the dream, you got someone excited, you got them to believe in you. And then if the technology failed, you felt like you were not a person of your word. Like you felt deceptive, deceitful. It was the worst thing. But I will say that's probably why I stuck with On24 for so long, that particular technology, because they were best in class. So I felt like the rare occasions that it failed, like that really stunk. But for the rest of it, it was good. But I'll tell you, like, I, I think this is probably what has lent to your success too, Ryan, like the, the thing that really bled through me getting started in sales was just the, the, the grit and the hustle. So I'll give you a good example. When I got promoted to that role, my CEO said, you can take three accounts with you that you're currently, you know, that are currently existing clients of ours and are not owned by anybody. And then mm -hmm. you, you figure out what to do. And what I basically looked as at was who were some of our biggest spenders that had the smallest penetration in terms of a vertical. I found some of the largest law firms that were working with us, in fact, three of them. I went and met with the CMOs of those firms. I said, what works for you? Why do you use us? And I basically took that value prop and then I went bananas in that vertical. But when the power of LinkedIn also, one of those CMOs said, I think you're great. I think your technology is great. Go and look at my LinkedIn, find anybody you want to talk to and send them an email and say, this is from a friend of his name is Jim Durham, who I'm talking to tomorrow, in fact, um, and send them an email and say that. I spent the entire night up looking through these people and sending them emails saying from a friend of Jim Durham. So we can go get after it if we just hustle and grind and think about, you know, the tact, the, the good tactics of things to do. Yeah. And, that, and I love that too, because like, that's something that still works today. That exact strategy. If you get the blessing, right, and the endorsement, and then I also CC people on that as well. CC the person who recommended, like, say, like, hey, you know, like, this person said it'd be great to reach out and then copy them on the email or the direct message. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's an, an awesome strategy. And yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot that you have to kind of grind and work through, especially with those long sales cycles. 
Completely. Yeah. And you and I were just talking about this before, right? Like both being in demand for advisory roles and people wanting our help, our insights, our access to our network. But that that's really what it is for a lot of organizations that pull people like you and I in to be advisors is they want access to our networks. They want who do you know? Who are you talking to? Keep us in the back of your mind, right? And it's the fastest way, not only the, to speed up the meeting, but to speed up the level of trust when you're coming in for through a referral. So why not? Yeah, I, it, it, I totally agree with you. And I think there's a massive opportunity there because like, essentially, it, you, you know, you hear marketers talk and I'm not, I'm, I'm learning marketing, right? I'm still <laughs> way younger in my marketing career than I am my sales career. Um, but what they always say is you want to build the no like and trust factor, right? When you're you're publishing, when you're having a newsletter, whatever it is, right? And so, like, basically, a referral already does that. That right. like inserts the no like and trust factor instantly. So, yeah. I think you're cooking with gas there. And I was in the legal vertical too. And legal is very like, oh well, if firm ABC is doing it, then I want to hear about it. They're That's very exactly right. So. I always yeah. say they're the, uh, they want to be the first to be second. So first place loser, I guess, is what they want to be. <laughs> um, we'll take your, your terminology there. But but they're also incestuous, right? So if those other firms are doing it, then great. Or if you know somebody there, like you can build a brand for yourself or positively or negatively really quickly. Um, I can't believe we didn't know that about each other. No, no, we do. <laughs> yeah, legal, legal is a tough space. So like kind of what you do with legal, I looked at like at, you know, previous life, looked at all the verticals because it was the same thing. We we're like, how can we scale up and go bananas based on like the highest, high, yeah, highest return on time for what we were looking to do as well as revenue. And legal was one of the top three or four, but I saw like a really big opportunity in retail, believe it or not. So like grocery supermarkets, like Whole Foods, companies like that. And basically they were spending 10 to 30 X was spending but in the same time and length of sales cycle so was like, we got to focus on them you know so it was pretty cool so let so sam what would you say and by the way i'd encourage anybody watching for you the listener if you have questions just pop them in there and i will uh drop them to sam if i can and we'll we'll get into it but sam so you know quick question so what would you say is your ninja skill when it comes to sales selling leadership what would you say is your let's 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 limit it to one. Maybe you could do two if you really want to. But let's limit it to one or two that you okay. think is absolutely amazing at. I'll say I'll say this because I think it's innate versus something you can learn. Uh, maybe um, my I I don't know if I can even say this in a humble way. My EQ is off the charts, so I can read someone's face, somebody's verbal, you know, ticks, their reactions, their body language, the way they respond to something. I I'm really really in tune with what those reactions mean, how something someone is going to perceive something we say. Um, it all, also helps with the positioning of how we sell, right? So the way that we say one thing versus another helps us advance versus might be a roadblock. We teach a lot about this in sales of how to, um, you know, position closing statements of a discovery call to get more people on and it doesn't seem salesy for the next call. But that that EQ, I think, has helped me not only from a sales perspective, but from a leadership perspective, too. When we onboard new people at Sam Sales, we just brought on our 12th employee. Welcome, Carol. Very excited to have her. Um, but... <laughs> 
what's that experience going to be like for her? Um, how can we make her feel really welcome? How do we make sure she's onboarded uh, correctly? Um, what is one of our, you know, teammates who's coming back on maternity leave and on, you know, the hook for quota, not at Sam Sales, but at previous jobs, what's it going to be like for her? Um, just thinking through all these things, I think from an emotional and an emotional intelligence perspective has been unbelievably beneficial to me. So I'm, I'm lucky to have that skill set. I think that's that's hard. I don't know if it's innate. You obviously have to fine tune it. Um, but Maybe like, you know, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's, what, here's what I would tell you. Like my first impression of you, because we just met today, right? Oh, God. Like, <laughs> my first impression of you is like you seem very sweet and nurturing, like in terms of like wanting to help people, which I, I think people pick up on that, right? Um, yeah. And Thanks. so, like, yeah, no problem, no problem. So, like, I guess. Let's take it. Let's take that one step further. So, systematically, and this this might be hard for you to do. What are three to five things that, like a mental checklist, you kind of go down when you're when you're kind of assessing EQ? Is there any now that you take a step back and think through that? What exactly that is? I well, when I assess EQ and and other people, or like the situation, uh, just in other people, like when you're talking to someone instantly, like how, what's because. It's weird. You're probably going through it subconsciously because you've done it so many times now. But like for someone who doesn't really do that well in this area or other folks that are listening, this could be massively helpful. So that is a really tough question. I I think one of the things that I try to think about, um, I guess, even before like an engagement. So if I go if I'm going to a conference, let's say a conference room for a meeting or if I'm going to a networking event uh, or just meeting, let's say, friends that I haven't seen in a while. I'm I'm already thinking about what do what should I know about them? What questions should I be asking? What's been going on in their lives? Um, are there birthdays, anniversaries? What are their kids names again? Um, <laughs> things like that. Um, trying to think about these things. So they're, you know, I've kind of done my homework, I guess. I've, I've studied mm-hmm. for whatever it is that I'm about to do. And that just helps me make a better connection. I think like uh, when I think about networking events and the the EQ that's needed for that, I think probably everybody watching, maybe except for a few of you guys, um, just went, ugh, when you thought about networking events because they're so uncomfortable. But if you do a little bit of research on the people that are going to be there right, and come prepared with some questions or even asking about what they do, where they're from, et cetera, you really set the tone for a different kind of conversation. And it also helps people, you know, kind of warm up. It breaks the ice for them because you're the one leading it and, and just kind of helping them feel more comfortable. So I guess it's that, like doing my doing my prep even before social engagements, which makes me sound really lame. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do the same thing. And I was literally <laughs> talking to a non-salesperson yesterday about this. It was like a, a, a founder, another founder and more on the tech side, right? Yeah. Like just tech genius. And I was saying basically like, hey, like even though like I've been doing this for, I've been like some kind of sales capacity, sales, sales edition for like 22 years, right? Yeah. Even I've been through that many repetitions and like it's probably like I did the math and it's kind of crazy, but like we're like 15,000 hours of customer meetings and oh which makes me sound like I'm hundred years old, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but one of the things is like, I still write down usually two to three questions that are like critical that I want to get answered or know the answer to. And that's like one of my objects. And I still write that down even after all that time. 
Yeah. Well, and I, th- that's one of the things that I also use when I'm sussing out candidates. So when we, when I meet a candidate, right, I'm looking for that AQ. I'm looking for the prep. I'm looking to see what they've done in advance. But even sometimes like we'll get on a Zoom, I'll interview someone and I'm and their camera's off and I'm like, Hey, I'm like my camera's on. Or I'm like, I can see, I can't see you, but can you see me? Okay. And what I'm basically saying is, Hey, turn on your camera. Right, and they're right, like, right. <laughs> but if they respond and they're like, I can see you just fine. And then they just, I assume stare at me. I'm like, okay, this is going to go to work. Cause I can't even pick up. I'm like the, Oh crap, I should turn on my camera. Um, I'm looking for the prep to um, have they done any research. If they're like, Oh, where'd you go to school? I'm like, fabulous. It's on my LinkedIn profile. Clearly you did no research before this. So um, that that's also important to me when thinking about even bringing people on to represent our brand too. Oh yeah. I mean, I remember that. Like my other pet peeve was like, when folks would talk about like all the big deals they got and the big customers they got. And you're like, okay, walk me through step-by-step step from the start to the finish, how exactly you made that happen. They're like, ah, I don't really remember. And I'm like, you're full of shit. You know what I, I mean? Think- that's it. Yes. We talk about this all the time. Amy Volus and I talk about this all the time, who I know, you know, and she, we're just like, this is all great. It's amazing that you had the success. How did you do it? My favorite story is the guy from Oracle who said he hit 367% of his quota in the first year. And he was so braggy about it. And I'm like, that's so amazing. You know, and I totally pandered to him. I'm like, congrats. How'd you do it? And he's like, yeah, I just, you know, worked really hard and smart and blah, blah. I'm like, amazing. Totally. How did you do it? And he couldn't answer it. Right. And I'm like, I remember the recruiter being like, I'll show you this W-2. I'm like, I don't care. He had no process. Like he walked into a territory. Somebody must have dropped dead. He inherited an incredible territory. <laughs> Something happened, right? But yeah. if you know how to do it as a sales rep, you are like, how much time do you have? I will lay out my process of why I'm completely amazing. That's the rep, maybe a little less ego that I want. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's funny. Because like, I think I think Amy and I did talk about it when I did that. I, I had the Enterprise Sales Summit last year. and We bonded over uh, 80s flashbacks with Ralph Macchio. I think she had a kind of a crush. So Amy, that's a shout out to you. If wow. you yeah. We're, Cause Cobra Kai came out or something and that, that oh, was yeah. part of the fire. And I'm like, did you have posters of the Corys up on your wall too? So anyways. <laughs> I'll give you a fun, fun fact. My, um, my head of sales, Shannon, shout out to her. She just opened for a comedian out in LA who is in Cobra Kai and the, the new version of it. So she is also a comedian trying to, to make it nice. on the scene. I know, full circle, a nice tie in there. We didn't even plan that, you guys. Yeah, it was, that's totally organic. So what was the character for Cobra Kai? Now you got to tell us which character it was. You remember? No, I can't remember. I think his name is Brett, though, as an actor. So, uh, and he's got dark hair. Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure we'll we'll put it we'll put it in the show notes. Everybody make sure on that. Props to to Shannon though for uh, you know head of sales and being a a comedian. That's a strong play. So I know because we're rooting for her. So let's shift gears and talk about your business. You know, I know I saw your post was about a week or two ago. I had a, a great like first full year uh, when you're kind of looking back. So how did you do it? What happened? Give us the rundown because I know there's a lot of people that either are side hustling, starting their own business in the middle of it. So yeah, just love to love you to break it down. Yeah, I think we, you know, I started this business around September of 2019. I worked with a few clients and then towards the end of the year, we said, okay, we're really going to make a go of this and and try to set this on fire. Um, and when I say we, I guess it just, I, it was just me at the time. Um, I also set a pretty aggressive financial goal for us to hit uh, and said, you know, this is the revenue that we'll bring in in our first year. 
what we ended up doing. Um, so we had about four or five clients at the end of 2019. We ended last year with 55 clients and 312% of the revenue that I goal that I had set for us. So we slightly outpaced my own expectations, which you know, it, even telling you that feels so surreal. We are now about 20% to our revenue goal for the entire year. We're not even done with month one already. And we had just signed our 58th client. Um, I, I think it's been surreal success. I, I will tell you if you are like, I want to do that. And how do I do it? And you haven't even started to think about, you know, leaving your current business and really making a go of the side hustle. What I will tell you is to make sure you really build a great brand for yourself. Having worked with clients right for so long and having built a brand with them over the course of the last 13, 14 years that I've been in sales, plus being on the speaking circuit, being involved in associations, you know, finding ways to spread my message of what I think about sales and marketing and business development and all that stuff has built a brand for me. But really what has made it made my success is using LinkedIn. I know that there are so many people who are like, eh, LinkedIn, do you really get business from it? It is our demand generation engine. Save for all of the hard work that Shannon does, we have so much inbound business, not because we're great marketers, but we get our message out there about what we do and what I believe in sales. So I would say invest in that. The other thing I would say is if you don't know how to sell very well, make sure like this is something you're going to have to do. F follow a process, sell yourself, sell your own services, your technology, and figure out how to truly sell. And if you can't, find some capital to hire your own Shannon so somebody can sell for you because putting those together, a really great brand and well-known brand, plus my ability to sell. I mean, it was, I, it was like a, a sonic boom. I, is the only way I can say it, um, but we're really, we're really lucky and really fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, those are phenomenal results. So props to you and your team. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really awesome to, to see you make that a reality. So thanks. Um, so my question for you is, because I'll, yeah. I'll roll back with one of my biggest mistakes that I made since I yeah. started business really full time about eight months ago. But um, let me ask you this. So how far in advance did you start working on your brand prior to starting your company in terms of like speaking and doing things like that? Yeah, uh, I will say that. Um I never had a thought, first of all, that I would run my own company. So, I, so I'm the daughter of two entrepreneurs. It would, it's in my blood, and I would have loved to do it, but I never thought I would have the guts to do it. So, I will just say that. So, building a brand wasn't about getting here. It was just about figuring out how to make the most amount of positive impact with the things that I knew how to do really well, which was sales, right? So, that's kind of where the brand came from there. But I, it's been six years, probably, since I built this brand. Five years since I started building this brand. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while, but they'll tell you like where I started to think about this. If you guys are in the same boat, if you have a lot of information to share, thought leadership is that every time I would give my peers, my boss, my boss's bosses um, feedback about sales and what to do and how to design a go-to market strategy, I would always get the, oh my God, that's so smart. We never thought of that. And I'm like, great. Why am I in this job? And you're in that one. But um, where I thought was, if it makes sense to my internal teams, and if it makes sense to people outside of our company that's asking, then I should really just start to throw it up on LinkedIn. I know a lot of people who think, who wants to hear from me? Like, who wants to hear what I have to say? Believe me, people do. And they will show you with their engagement that they care about what you're saying. So just start it. And if you do start it, kind of use what I did, which is creating my own hashtag. That's where the company name comes from, hashtag Sam Sales. Because I thought, well, I'm going to post one. We'll see how it goes. And then if people like it, then I'll continue posting. And final thing, the very first post I ever made, um, Max's company at Sales Hacker uh, had reached out and said, we love this post. Do you want to write for us? And I was like, 
yeah. And they were like, here's six topics, pick one. I'm like, all right on all of them. And they're like, easy tiger, like right on one. And let's see how it goes. And I was like, all right. Um, but even just one post can make, you know, get visibility if it's really smart can start to build that brand and then work into more writing engagements, speaking engagements and sky's the limit. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, that's so like six, five, six years. That's, I mean, that goes, that aligns with one of the biggest mistakes I made is I didn't really like, I didn't really truly start working on it until about maybe eight, seven months before I left. And it takes a while because I was, I worked at a company that was like hyper aggressive quotas that you had to hit budgets jumping massively every year. Um, And so like I, and a lot of other folks fall into this. They're so in the day to day of what yeah. they're doing and just like putting everything into that. They don't really focus on, you know, the bigger picture stuff. Like, cause I, I even see people that are, you know, cause everybody's like, you know, create inbound, create inbound, create inbound, right. All the marketers out there on LinkedIn. And these are people that are full-time marketers. And I saw one of them say a couple weeks ago, literally it'll take you a year to get like good inbound going. And that's from someone who does it full time. So yeah. if you're not naturally like good at copy or good at writing, it might take you longer than that. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, great, great for you to have, like, I guess, I don't know. Right yeah. Like to just start, you know, and, and see what happens. And like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think back six years ago or six I've probably been seven years ago now that you're like a, over a year into it that you started. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even on my radar back then, you know? I think it was like 2014 or 15 when I started to post and I just kind of shrugged and gave it a shot. I think it's also one of those things where, you know, they, there's that, that old saying of don't, don't chase the money, chase the purpose of the job. Like that's what will make you happy. And I think it's kind of this, like, don't, don't chase the idea of like, I'm going to go and build a brand and I'm going to announce this and just start to do it. Um, I, I say that too, with the goals I have, I see so many people who are like, I've decided that every Monday at nine in the morning, I'm going to post this and I can't wait for you guys to see all my content. And then it happens for three weeks and then we never hear from that person again. So don't make a commitment. You'll see some weeks I'll post 19 times on LinkedIn. Other times I'll post two, just depending on what's going on. Cause I also like to engage with my audience. I'm not a person who posts. In fact, Amy and I talk about this a lot, people who post and then never engage with their audience, which no, like they want to engage with you. They want to learn from you. So um, it doesn't have to be the most consistent thing on the planet. Just do a little bit, start to get your thought leadership out, but don't forget to engage with other people's content. So I get a lot of people who are like, well, I post on LinkedIn and nobody engages with mine. I'm like, cool. Are you commenting on theirs? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, well, there you go. So go and, you know, give back to the community because then they'll give back to you. Yeah, that's great. I think that's, I mean, that's so true. And I've made that mistake before too. And yeah. you gotta, you have to make it a priority to give to get there, you're, you know? you're such a big giver in that. I mean, I see your content everywhere, not only from what you're posting, but then like what you're commenting on with other people. So you're, in my opinion, you're knocking it out of the park there. Thanks. I think I kind of suck at it right now. So I appreciate the love. But uh, yeah, the algorithm must like you or something like that. So a <laughs> couple questions I, I want to rifle through real quick before we yeah. close on time. So usually I'll do a quick three fire questions of based on the core pre- three principles that, that I think are critical and I know others do as well for organically growing any business. So I'll hit you with the first one. So the first, you ready? Ready. ready. Let's right. Right. So what do you think is the number one best way based on how you do things to get more customers, get brand new customers? 
Yeah. So I, I will say here's, here's the most underutilized thing that I see. I just posted about it this week on LinkedIn is asking for referrals, but asking for them in the right way. So even think about 2019, when I said I had five or six customers, I didn't need to do this in the end, but if I had gone to every single one and said, Hey, Bill, I'm so glad that you work with me. I'm so glad that you find value. One, would you be a referral? Yes, of course, you're great, fantastic. Hey, I went through your LinkedIn and I found seven people that I would really love to meet that you know. Do you have a good relationship with them? Do you know them? I'm happy to ghost write the email about you know context of why I'd like to meet them. Are you open to making those introductions? The difference in saying, hi, here's seven people versus who do you know can be, I mean, make or break the success of you getting those referrals. Because if you say, who do you know, that person's going to think about who they talked to this week or the two people that they're closest to, which might be their spouse, um, not really helpful to you. Uh, instead, you're saying, here are the seven people I want. And then you can get those referrals times every customer you have, which is killer. Yes, that's that's like literally we're uh, referral twins like that because I did a whole podcast episode on this as well. Like uh, back. So I think we're in alignment there. So so great advice. You got to ask intelligently, right? When you do it. Okay. So number two, how do you get current customers to spend more with you? Great question. So, I mean, you have to do great work. First of all, I, I really believe that the, um, the sale isn't over once you get signature. And I think that this is what both entrepreneurs, AEs, et cetera, make a mistake of. They work so hard to close the deal, the deal gets signed, and then tomorrow they can't even remember your name. So one of the things that I like to do is 30, 60, 120-day check-ins. I just put them on notes on my calendar and just say, check in with Paul, Bill, Susan, whoever, and see how it's going, right? You know how it's going because you're in the deals and kind of in the work every day, but just say, how's it going? Are you getting a good experience? Are we responding to you effectively? Are we, you know, are we to the point where you'd even give us a referral, right? Like that's the ultimate sign of a successful customer to me. Um, and then say, what else is going on with you? We have these other lines of business that are growing. Could this be of help to you, right? Make sure you're on good standing first and then be like, where else can we get money from you tactfully? <laughs> Excellent. I'm a firm believer in that. So we're, we're pacing. We're, we're on the same page here. Okay, number three, increase the frequency. Increase the frequency? That they buy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I don't know. Um, increase the frequency at which they buy. Uh, existing customers or new customers? Well, that would be, it, it could be either. It could be either. Okay. We'll leave it open-ended. I'll give you a, I'll give you a So I think, yeah, I think, again, it all comes back to process. So where you... I have, you know, reps in the past who have sent out proposals and I'm like, Hey, like whatever happened with this opportunity. And they're like, Oh, I sent out a proposal three weeks ago. And I come to think of it. I haven't heard back. And you're like, Oh my God. Um, so making sure that you have a process built around really every part of your sales process to what you do at the end of a discovery call, how you grow that call from, you know, one person to three people on the next call. When you send thank you notes, when you send swag to say, thanks for doing X, Y, Z with us. When you follow up on the proposal, all of these things have to have process built into them so that you can keep things on track. I will say also, as an entrepreneur, one of the places where I have to be smart, and I'm sure Ryan, you're the same way, is to kind of protect our time. So we also have to make sure right, the opportunities that we chase are qualified. Otherwise, we're going to continue to spin our wheels building proposals that really have no legs and, and shouldn't even take up our time. That's a great point. And Todd, Todd Caponi and I were talking about this, and he's like, there's the standard, you got to have three X pipe. He's like, literally, if they're just hyper qualified, you don't only need two. Yeah. You know? So just remember that. It's a good takeaway. So 
I was going to say, Todd, Todd and I have never met, talk about someone uh, we've never met, but we always speak at conferences and we always battle for the uh, the highest registration numbers. So now now I just have to hope that I got more viewers than Todd on this on this podcast. <laughs> well, I will connect you to Todd offline. Todd's a great guy. <laughs> we're, so, we're connected. We just haven't met. That's oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so um, anyways, okay. So where can people find you? How can they learn more about you? Will you share? Yeah, uh, pop over to, uh, first of all, you can find me on LinkedIn, of course, give me a follow there. You'll get great content from everything that I share fully. Uh, and then hop over to samsales.com. Not only do we have our newsletter that we send out every week with tons of podcasts, content, tips and tricks that you guys can use, but we also just recently launched our shorts. So there's Sam shorts, there's quick TED style talks where you can get you know answers for everything on how to use LinkedIn better to what to do when you get a budget objection. Uh, and a bunch of the courses are free there too. So feel free to take us up on our our free resources. I love it. Awesome. Well, hey, it was a pleasure having you on. It was thank great you. talking to you and you did an awesome job. So uh, thank you everybody for joining us and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources. So I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I want to ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.